0: Hi, and welcome back to my video diary of my recovery from a mental breakdown. I'm doing a video every single day on YouTube, 10 a.m. I even made a video the day that it happened, that it all went down. Um, And from then to now, there's a video every day. I literally made the first video after I'd been arrested by the police, as a danger to myself and I almost got 51-50'd and I managed to convince them that I wasn't going to do anything so through lying I managed to get out of ending up in a, excuse me, a a psychiatric ward which some people have said and will continue to say I probably needed Um, some kind of impatient thing but I manipulated my way out of it and I lied to the police and they let me go. So when they let me go, um, I had decided that I didn't want to do it because I thought about the kids. And what did I do? I came up here and I made a video. And that's the video uh, I'm struggling. (sighs) And then I posted it and I was going to take it down the next day because I was so humiliated that it was up. I wasn't in my right mind when I posted it, I don't think. And there was a load of messages and I was like, I can't look at the messages. This is going to be like... Why did you post this? You're, you're, you're crazy, you're an idiot. Opened it and it was incredible outpouring of people saying that they'd seen the video and they related. And some people saying it, they decided not to unalive themselves after seeing the video. So I just felt a moral obligation to leave it up. And ever since then I've been feel, felt compelled to make a video every day. And it's, it's been a huge help. So today's video is trying to address something that I've been asked a lot because I'm I'm going on TikTok live. I go on TikTok live every day. Uh, Follow me on TikTok if you don't already, if you want to see me live stream. I do it every day, sometimes two or three times a day. If I can't sleep, I do it. If I'm bored, I do it. I live on my own now. There's no family here, so I've got time on my hands. Anyway, the question that everyone asks like multiple times so I feel like if I make a video I can sort of put it to rest and this isn't really the last video about it because there's a lot to unpack but why did we separate? It's the number one question I get and it just keeps getting asked so I have to make a video addressing my side at least of of what happened and trying to get to the bottom of why and like I say there's a lot to unpack and I don't feel like I've even scratched the surface to be honest there's a, a lot more to, to know and find out, but what I will say is, from my perspective, I think it was all on me. If I'm completely honest, I don't think Laura had anything to do with it. <laughs> to be honest, I think I, you couldn't you couldn't blame her for this situation. It's all me. Um, I'm a bit weird, like my my. My thought process is all skewed and I I'd, I'd go into really dark places, really, really dark places. Essentially in my family, on my dad's side, we're, they're all Irish and they all suffer from what some people call the Irish melancholy. But I, I mean, it's dark. I get really dark. And I think that was, you know, hard to live with. Um, but there are other steps. It's not just that. There's a lot of other things that happened that I do know. Um, that I can definitely say, and it wasn't just that. There's a lot of a lot of things, and uh, I know people have been going after Laura, saying, you know, you should have stuck by by him. You know, he's you seem to have moved on, or etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I don't think you should should say that to her because you need to know the full story. There's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. I can tell you, I can tell you that I think that it was. me. Um, And I'll explain why. I mean, I guess I could go right back to, I should really start at the very, very beginning. Let's start at the beginning. So I think the beginning of all this is this time last year, 2021, June, July. Um, Everything was going okay. We'd had Poppy, and that was fine that was we were really really connected and really together around the time of Poppy being born we couldn't have been closer and it was amazing and i had i just had so much respect for her giving birth to poppy i just, she blew my mind and she was like a superwoman and that was the last time that we were really really close so that's what 14 months ago or a bit a bit longer um well, that was the end of March. Oh, wow. Squirrel just jumped from one branch to another branch. ADD. Squirrel just literally jumped from one branch to another branch out there. Amazing. Um, so, yeah. When Poppy came home, I feel like we were in this house where I'm living now, and it's a smaller house. And, uh, Laura's mum came to stay, and I think we were all a bit crammed in. And uh, I think that was the start of us having our separation, just becoming apart a little bit. And not just us coming apart, me coming apart. Because what happened this time last year was that we started to see signs of Alfie regressing in his he lost words and he started to do a lot of weird things and started to get very upset and he was always sad it was really really heartbreaking and as he went down I went down I just went down along with him whatever was happening to him was happening to me I felt like in my heart and he was declining. He was having what we now know as a regression of losing words, but it was his, it was his demeanor, his li- the life in him just slowly went down. So it went down in me. And I feel like I went down with him. Nothing to do with him, you understand. This is all me, like projecting, like making it about me. Like, But I wasn't making it about me because it, it was just a natural thing. He's my son, and to see him... Deteriorate made me deteriorate. We didn't know why it was. So I took him to the paediatrician and she said, we did the milestones check. And she said, "I, I want you to book an appointment with the regional center. And she gave me a leaflet and I picked up the leaflet and it said disability. It's the first word I saw. And I threw the leaflet away. I just threw it away. I was like, no way. Not, no way has my son got a disability. No way. I'm not having that. I'm not processing that. It's not happening. put my blinkers on. I was like, it's not happening. It's not happening. So I kind of started to go into this unreal world where everything was fine. Um, but as the weeks progressed, I couldn't deny that he was really deteriorated um so then through the regional center we did a multitude of tests and um it was really hard because they were all on zoom and what kid does well on a zoom assessment but it was just being hit with bad news and bad assessments over and over again every three days like he's he's this level in this like super under in all these things and He's one of the idiots, honestly, some of the people you come across when your kid is diagnosed, well, before, are idiots, just idiots. They're just terrible at their jobs. This old, horrible woman said that occupationally, his, his physical, like, gross and motor skills were the worst she'd ever seen on Zoom. That is so not true. Like I take him to OT now and like, they're like, why? I don't even know why he's here. He's brilliant and all that stuff. But shit. So imagine being told that and then the speech was under, everything was under, everything was like worrying and 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 stressful to read and just terrifying. Like what is wrong with them? And it was heartbreaking. And I was just going down and down and down the whole time. So then we take him to get official diagnosis and she says he's the most severe autistic you can get and he may never talk and he may never live independently and that something came undone when she said those words something in my heart my head just came undone It was, I've never experienced a feeling like it. It was like the floor just, it was like I just, uh, I just felt just falling. I felt myself falling. I can't explain it. It was just like a free fall. And now I know she should never have said that to us. She should just have written it in his report. She should never have been so blunt and uncaring in the way she said it to us. She's just like blah blah blah, blah blah. blah, 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 blah this this this. All these incredibly bad things. There you go. Done. Horrible. Um, and I'd never heard of autism really, and I. It was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. And, and every day something would come undone a little bit in my psyche. I think. Because uh, I just, I would wake up, ever since that diagnosis, I would wake up every morning at 3 a.m. without fail, no matter what time I went to bed, in a literal cold sweat, drenched in cold sweat. And Laura was drenched in sweat because of just giving birth to Poppy. So it was crazy, every single night. And that didn't stop for a year. And I'll explain why that didn't stop, because it's just other things on top of that. So that was the first thing that I think that happened in that. Sorry, I'm just checking that it's recording. I always do that. Um, That was the first thing that happened in the chain of events. Um, I started to lose touch with reality under the stress of not knowing how my boy was going to live. And not knowing how if he was ever going to talk, if he was ever going to show affection, if he was ever going to have eye contact, if he was ever going to look like he cared about us, because he didn't. And it was the worst moment of my entire life. I've never experienced anything but as bad as that. And I will say, now I know a lot more. I'm just going to finish this one here, because this is going to be a few episodes, because there's a lot to unpack. Autism isn't a scary thing. People will tell you it's scary and everyone will tell you when your kid is diagnosed with autism, worst case scenario, and they'll tell you that you're a bad parent if you don't do all these 40 hour a week therapies. You know why they do it? To make money. There's an autism industrial complex and they make billions out of parents' fear. And I wish I'd known that going in because those people bullshitted us like crazy. We were being hit over the head every day you got to do this. You've got to do that. You've got to do 40 hours a week of therapy with a person that's been trained for 16 hours and didn't finish high school. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. You're a bad parent if you don't. You're a bad parent. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. And then these idiots show up that don't know anything about Alfie. And I threw them out. I threw them out. I was like, get out. You, you're not treating my kid like that. And it was just, it's called ABA therapy, if you want to know. And it's like dog training. I mean, I only I saw him have it for a couple of days and we had like the world's expert of it come out because we were, you know, online of our presence. And she was just terrible as well. Like it was such a literal dog training. Do this, get a treat. Do this, get a treat. Do this, get a treat. No, no, don't do that. Bad, bad. It was insane. So I X that threw her out. Um. There's a whole corrupt system behind autism that I am going to make a video about because it's insanely corrupt and they get you with fear. So just to recap, Alfie started to deteriorate. I started to deteriorate. Then the diagnosis came and all these people were telling me it was going to be terrifying telling me that he wasn't going to be able to live on his own, telling me that he couldn't be able, wouldn't be able to talk unless we did 40 hours a week of therapy. They all piled in. Or at the worst time, at the time where you're the most vulnerable, they're like, get money out of them. like Because these therapies, I personally believe ABA is a complete sham. It was invented by the guy that invented gay conversion therapy and they still do it. And he, it's the same principles. But they make billions out of it. They charge for, imagine 40 hours a week of therapy for a two-year-old... It's like a, more than a full-time job. And the reason they do it, I 100% think it's because they charge the insurance company millions to, to do it. And they don't pay the therapists, So they don't want to do the job. They're underpaid. They're overworked. That's another video. That's another video. And it's going to be a hardcore one because it makes me so angry. So that was the beginning. That's the first thing. That, that's where I think this separation started. Around there. And I'm going to go into the next big thing that happened in the next video because it's hard for me to talk about this and I don't want to talk about it all in one video because it would just be too much. And I don't want to go into a depression hole. I don't want to go into a spiral. But yeah, June, July last year, that was number one thing that happened. And I I started to come undone. When I look back, that's where I started to unravel. And then we'll get into the next hugely stressful thing that dr amen said is probably more stressful than than this um, I just want to say one more time um, I'm autistic I found out since autism is nothing to be scared of I now believe it's just a beautiful difference I think the that, thing that all autistic people have gotten a, a gift and they've been put on this earth for that reason and I haven't seen an autistic person or kid and I've met a lot now even the most severe ones that don't have something in their eyes that tells me that they're a genius in something. Even if they can't talk, even if they can't communicate, there's something you, they've got something, there's light in their eyes and you can't deny it. So I no longer am scared of autism. I am autistic. I found out since. So I just want to end with that. And uh, tomorrow I'll go into the next thing. Thanks for listening. I love you. And, um, Let's talk about. I was going to say, let's talk about something else, but no, let's talk about this tomorrow. It's part two. <sighs> oh, that was hard. I love you.